to resetting your journey i'm your host jasmine dash and it's time to accept the past embrace the present and change the future all right queens thanks for joining me for another episode of resetting your journey i'm so excited today because i can actually say this is one of my friends her name is bianca cotton and she is just lovely, like there's just so many words that I can just use to describe who she is, but without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself to you guys. Bianca, let the world know exactly who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Awesome. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining us. My name is Bianca Cotton, and I am a child of God, first and foremost. Um, I am a wife, a mother of two, an author, a blogger, an entrepreneur. I mean, and then the dot, dot, dot just continue, right? <laughs> so I'm from Chicago, the South Side, the Windy City, whatever you want to call Chicago in all its positivity. And I am the founder of Behind the Confidence Now, which is a women's movement uh, to inspire women to walk in love, live in hope, and be healed from past hurts, and also the author of A Journey Through a Beautiful Mind, which is a two-year poetic journey of mine, taking you through my life struggles, challenges, and how I overcame them. That is awesome. Well, welcome to Resetting Your Journey, Bianca. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, We're just going to kick it off, and we're just going to get started by you sharing with us what is the challenge that you faced before God pressed the reset button on your journey. The first thing that came to mind when I heard that question is control. Mm. I had a serious problem with control and wanting to control things. But the funny thing is I didn't realize it. I knew that uh, perfection was a part of my struggle, but control is a cousin of perfection, and I didn't know that until 2013, actually July 2013, I went on a two-week exploratory mission trip with one of my friends to Nairobi, Kenya. And we were supposed to return after two weeks of getting to know God in another country, in another land, and we end up staying there for seven weeks due to several unforeseen circumstances that were completely out of my control. And when I say completely out of my control, you can't control that the airport burns down. So, <laughs> what? You know, And one thing led to another, led to another thing, and the result of us getting to the airport late, they said, you can't board your flight, and we're like, we're still here. 
and trying to get another slide, and the, um, our flight told us there's no more flights available with two seats on them for another five weeks, and I said, this got to be God, because there's no way I can control this situation at all, and that's when I realized in 2013 I had a control problem. Mm. And God broke that off of me in the that those following five weeks while I was still in Kenya. And to me, spending seven weeks in Kenya completed a thing in me, and I came back with a new beginning, and he reset it, my journey. Wow, wow. Okay, so that's amazing, seven weeks in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to break down those seven weeks, and then we're going to talk <laughs> about what happened next. So go ahead, just. Just take us through mm. this because you told us that the airport caught on fire <laughs> and burned <laughs> Yeah, so let's back it up, right? Yes. Two weeks. We, my friend and I, uh, we stayed with a missionary and his wife and children in their home. It was very nice of them to let us stay in their home. And the missionary's wife was actually in her final trimester of her pregnancy. So when we went, she had a good two months left to go before she had their son. And two weeks happened. we like, oh, my gosh, have such a great time, not ready to go home. I guess the Lord heard that. We made it to the airport, and we were getting checked in. Then the lady looked at us, and she looked at her manager, and they were like, no, you can't board the flight. But she had already scanned our passports. And we were like, what do you mean? We got to go back home. We got stuff to do. Um, and they wouldn't let us board. And that was a Friday in August, the first Friday in August. And come back on Saturday. No one's there. The offices opened back up on Monday. We go on Monday, and I was like, well, you missed your flight, so you have to pay these penalties and fees before you can book another flight. And even if you did book it today, it's no flights available for five weeks because the way you flew, you flew through the Middle East in this Ramadan season, which is high season. There are no seats on any plane. Wow. And then after that, the next morning, we saw on the news that the airport is burning down. <laughs> right? So we were like, oh, we're really the very next like, morning. The very next morning. So I was just internally frustrated. I was upset. I was I was heated because I couldn't do anything about this situation. And, and that week, week three, God began to deal with my heart and deal with me about control and my need to control everything in my life. And if he's going to be the Lord over my life, I need to release everything that I feel like I'm in control of because he's in ultimate control. Oh, and wow. to trust uh, in the Lord and lean not to my own understanding. And I truly understand what that scripture means by being there for seven weeks because I could not lean to my lean on my own understanding and I learned how to pray without ceasing in those additional five weeks because we prayed a lot and we were around people who prayed about everything. They prayed when they came into the house. They prayed before they went home. Oh, your your stomach hurt, we're gonna pray for you. I mean prayed about everything. And it got to the point where 
I began to get a bit annoyed. I was like, do we really have to pray about this? <laughs> <laughs> and, and God was just showing me, like, this is what it really means to pray without ceasing. That's what I said in my word, but this is what it means. And he began to bring scriptures to life that I had heard since I was a young child because I was born and raised in the church, but I did not really know what these scriptures meant until I was forced into a situation where I had no choice but to lean on God. Wow. Wow. So tell us, what happened next? Like, what did, what did those remaining five weeks look like? <laughs> Glorious. So once I got <laughs> over week three of being, you know, mad that I couldn't get back home, because <laughs> I had recently just started a new job, so I was, I was hoping that they wouldn't fire me, you know, because, I couldn't get back home, and my boss was is a was a believer. She's no longer my boss now, and I called her up like, "Hey, I won't be back home until September." And she was like, "Well, you know, you're doing the Lord's work. I'll hold your job for you." Wow. That's and from then on, God started to deal with me about fear and perfection and control and breaking off worry from me and showing me, I got you. I need you to be here because there are lessons that I need you to get before I release you to go back home. Mm. So I I journaled the whole experience, and I had a top ten list of lessons that I learned, Um, and a few of them is to truly cast my cares on God. I was like, I got an apartment, Lord. How am I going to pay my rent if I'm not working? <laughs> if I'm here in Kenya, you know, I'm not working. God made it where my rent was paid. Wow. I had where my bills were paid. And because of the relationship I have with my mother and my father, they had keys to my apartment. They went and checked my mail. They knew where my checks were. They had access to my money. They could pay my bills. Uh, it was just set up so perfectly. I could not have set it up that well myself. Wow. Um, another lesson that I learned is how it feels to be treated like a queen by kings. And what I mean by that is there were brothers. I call them brothers. They are my brothers that I got to know really well during that seven weeks. They were friends of the missionary and his family, and they took care of us. Because they felt bad for us that we couldn't get back home, they took us out to eat. They took us dancing. they like, we just want to cheer you up. And they took care of us like mm. sisters, like queens. And without wanting anything, they weren't trying to hit on us. They weren't flirting. It was pure, and I had not experienced anything like that before. Wow. So I, I learned what it, what it means to be a sister in Christ, what it means to be a queen. And when, see, when people see your value and how they treat you, uh, it was beautiful. And after that seven weeks, I, I don't think I was still ready to come home because I enjoyed my time in the Lord there. And I feared that when I come back home, I will lose that, mm. lose that uh, connection with God that I had just gained because I was like, Lord, I need a church home where 
that I can continue to cultivate this because the church home I was in at the time, I was like, it's time, I feel the release for it. It's time for me to go so I can grow in the next level in which you called me mm-hmm. to. Uh, so when I did return home, God showed me my next church home. Um, and I stayed there uh, for about two and a half years before moving on to my next church home, which I'm currently at now. Uh, another lesson I learned was pray without ceasing. Ooh, but I say it, they prayed about everything at any moment. I truly learned what that meant. And I came back on fire and prayed about everything, everyone interceding um, for people in need, people I didn't know, um, news stories I heard. It was mm-hmm. I was just turned up for Jesus. Uh, the best way I can put it. Yeah. So it was it was such a electrifying uh, time in my life. That's when I cut my hair. So I went from having a big fro to wearing a fade. <laughs> I cut my hair the last week I was in Kenya as a as a representation of an inward doing that Christ did for me. I wanted to represent it by cutting off my hair. And that was another that was another fear that I released because ever since I was thirteen or fourteen, I always wanted to cut my hair off. I had a Spanish teacher in high school who had short hair. She was beautiful and I admired it. And I got to a point where I got tired of doing my hair too, so I started as low maintenance. And I but I feared um, cutting my hair off if I'll be able to find a job and just all these preconceived notions about being a black woman with a nose piercing and no hair on her head. So <laughs> I, I, took that, I took that leap of faith in Kenya and cut my hair off because I'm around all these women, these beautiful women and little girls who have short hair and just rocking different hairstyles, and I felt free. I felt so free. And, and I came back wanting other people to feel that freedom. Wow. So... Okay, I love that. Electrify. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so from there, you spent seven weeks in Kenya. You knew that the Lord had told you this is where you're going to be for this next seven weeks, and I'm going to transform you, and you've seen that happen. I mean, and then it came out on the outside, what was taking place within. So from there, those seven weeks, you're back in America how has, like, that shown you the path that God has prepared for your life? What has happened between those seven weeks in, I guess, in 2015 to now? Whew. Okay, it's been this year, this July will make five years since I, since my journey to Kenya. Okay. My in, just- five, yeah, in five years, God has transformed my life, literally. So in 2013, prior to leaving for Kenya, God introduced me to my now husband. I didn't know he would be my husband. I didn't really care because I was a little hurt, not a little, I was a lot of hurt (laughs) from my previous relationship and decided to give up dating and let God introduce me to my mate. So when I came back home from Kenya, my now husband and I 
were friends for three years. We never dated because I, I didn't want to date, and I didn't even see him that way. He was an awesome friend. We had knew each other from childhood, and we got to know each other really well as friends. Nothing, no intentions, no nothing. Uh, but within those three years, God began to send prophecy through a friend, through complete strangers, through people I went to church with, like, your husband's on the way. Your husband's close. I know who your husband is. And God began to send that word. So while I was in Kenya, he was purifying my heart, cleaning up me so that I can be prepared to be the wife that he called me to be. So that's Mm -hmm. one. One piece um, that has changed between in the past five years. Another piece, he has to break off, break fear off of me, break control and perfection off of me. Because without those strongholds falling off of me, I would not have married who God intended me to marry. I would have not published my first book. I probably would have not went back to school and created my own graduate degree. It's like, who does that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there were several things that I would have not done because of control, fear, and perfection mm-hmm. that would have held me back. But because I was released into my purpose while in Kenya, and God purified my heart and showing me what his scriptures really mean by placing people around me who walk the scriptures out and live them out. That's I can good. say that because of that seven weeks, I was able to leave the church that I grew up in um, to go somewhere else where I would be able to grow and develop and and give and be fed, and then, again, leave that place because my assignment was up to come into my new home. So that seven weeks opened up my ears to hear God clearly and be confident that I knew his voice because I knew his voice, but I wasn't always confident in it before 2013. Mm. So my relationship with God really grew immensely. I began to read scripture, study scriptures. He started giving me more dreams and visions and my my spiritual eyes and mind and heart began to open up ever so clearly. So that's wow. what has happened in the past five years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, tell us, like, what happened, like, leading up to today. Like, you said that you, you know, that you, you've gotten married, um, and you wrote your book, and you have the graduate degree, but touch a little bit back on, like, those things and tell us kind of, like, you know, a little bit more details on, like, how those things began to transpire, maybe recapping the past year, if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll start with marriage. So, I prayed, I had a specific prayer. I prayed that God will will introduce me to my husband. I prayed this in 2013 and wrote it down in my journal. That God will introduce me to my husband, but as a friend, 
And I said, if you want me to know who he is, fine. If not, fine. But I want a real friendship with who I am to marry so I can really get to know who they are. Mm. And he did that. He answered that prayer. And during that time of our friendship, that's when I started to put my poetry together for my book because the poetry, I started writing it in 2010, this November of 2010. And I started putting it together. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to publish this book one day. I don't know how, but it's going to be published. And during that time, he was cultivating me. I was reading a lot. Every book I can get my hands on about womanhood, about being a wife, about relationships in general, about God, I was soaking up reading materials left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was building me up for the work that I'm that he has called me to now. That was my season of study, cultivation, planting seeds, building relationships, because those relationships that I built early on are serving me well now as a resource. Um, And I had no idea what was happening then and why I was meeting and being introduced to certain people then. Um, So that book, it sat. Uh, I felt like after I put it together, I wasn't ready to release it because of fear. I didn't want people to really know who I was. And poetry is so intimate. It's so deep, introspective. And I said, am I ready for people to know what was on my heart? And am I still dealing with this stuff? Am I delivered from what I wrote? So I kept mm-hmm. it. And even during the time that I kept it, I would start talking to publishing companies, asking them, you know, what's the process, how much it costs, how do I publish a book, X, Y, and Z. But I felt like it was another way. So I held on to it until last year when I said to myself, you know what, I'm ready to finally let this go and let it be a healing piece for other women and men. Um, but it's really geared towards women, helping other women who suffer in silence because I suffered in silence for a long time. Because yeah. that's what perfection—that's what perfection would do to you. Like you don't don't tell them your problems. No, you'll figure it out. You mm. don't need anyone. That's that's the talk of perfection and suffering in silence, which can lead to depression and later on suicide if you let it drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was time for me to release it because I wanted other people to know that they are not alone. You do not have to be quiet anymore about what you are silently struggling with. You do not have to struggle with that. God did not call us into this earth to struggle yeah. and, and not have a purpose behind it. I look at it as a lesson versus a struggle. These are opportunities for growth, not for you to struggle and go crazy, not for you to be stressed out, not for you to be confused, not for you to live in lack or in poverty. No, he didn't call us to be that. Yeah. So last year I was motivated again. I was like, okay, I'm going to birth this thing, but I don't know how, Lord. So, again, I went back to my journal, 
and I wrote down what I need. Lord, I need help. I need you to show me how I can get this book out. Then he sent a divine relationship to me, an awesome friend, an awesome woman of God. We started to develop our relationship. I didn't know she had self-published a book before. We just getting to know each other um, in July. And around October time, I started telling her, I want to publish my book. And she was like, really? I can help you with that. And I said, really? She was like, I know how to self-publish. What? So the whole month of November, it was editing my book, getting things in order for it, and hitting that submit button. And on December 5th, it became live on Amazon. All right. Yes, it became live on Amazon. Now, it did come with a few challenges, but I overcame those. I was determined not to let anything stop me. So I had a cover made from years ago from one of my friends uh, when I first started putting my poetry together. Beautiful cover. Get to Amazon to upload the cover. It wouldn't upload. I said, really? (sighs) So you know what I did? I sat up all night and created my own cover and and figured out how to do it. Wow. And and submitted that book because I was determined. I said, I won't let fear stop me. I won't let the devil tell me that you don't know how to do that. You need help. I'm like, no, God is my strength, and I'm going to figure this out. And so I did. (laughs) I figured it out, and that book was published. And then I later learned on Amazon I could not – um, buy my own books in bulk because I wanted to do that as well and sell them myself. So I went to Create Space, the cover I made on Amazon. They wouldn't let me transfer it over. So here I am again creating another cover. So I have one book, two covers, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of what I did not understand and what I did not know, but I did not allow that to stop me because if this was pre-Kenya, that perfectionism in me and that control in me would have said, you know what, I'm going to pull this book out for Amazon. I want my book to have one cover. I don't want people to be confused. And it would have just been about me, I, 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 I. But it's not about me. It's about birthing this thing that God put in me. That's good. And and to use my two-cover, one-book testimony as a testimony. Like, don't let nothing stop you. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. That's good. I love that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. And Bianca is like being, uh, she's being a little, you know, held back on the things that she's accomplished thus far because (laughs) (laughs) she's just trying to be, you know, a little bit reserved on those things. But I mean, I have, and, and I could say this, like, okay, so I backtrack a little bit. Bianca and I go to church together. Um, we met last August, and we have, you know, remained friends since, and she's helped me in many ways. And um, and I have just literally seen exactly what she's talking about of, like, fear being released off of her. Um, and I just say this, and, like, through her actions and the things that she's done have been just so brave. Like, she's like, telling me in December, I'm about to do this event. And she does it. 
and then she tells me again, I'm about to do another event, and she does it. Oh, I got a book, and she has it. Like, it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Like, and it's just, it's awesome to see because it's just like, listen, at the end of the day, like, show me the money. Like, money talks. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's Bianca to me. Like, she's like, I'm going to do it, and she does it. Like, this is a woman of integrity. She says she's going to do something regardless of anything. Like, she does it, and she gets it done, and, like, and that's exciting because it's, like, you jump in hurdles, like, fear what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I have more admirable. to say that. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I'll talk about release the fear. So, ladies, listen. Like, this is something that God, God had to break fear off of me because fear is a direct attack against your purpose. If fear can hold you, what's, what is going to be birthed from you? Mm-hmm. You know, think about that. So back in uh, December, I hosted my first meetup. It was called Release the Fear. God put it on my heart to help women release the fear before the new year. I was like, okay, Lord, you want me to do that? What does that look like? It called everything that God called me to do, it takes me deeper in prayer and fasting because I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. What does that look like? What do I say? You know, then you can get caught in your own self like, Lord, I'm not ordained or I don't know the Bible backwards and forwards. And you can get caught in excuses. But oh. if God called you to do that thing, he has called you for a specific reason to do it. So. Yeah. I knew this back in July that he wanted me to host meetups and get women together um, underneath my organization, Behind the Confidence Now. And I said, okay, Lord, but it's like money to do this type of stuff, doesn't it? And he never responded to me on that. I was like, okay, so that means I just need to just need to do it, got it. So one day back in October, I was talking to a friend about another situation that God put on my heart, tell him what I'm asking you to do and that you need some space. And so I was like, okay. So I said, you know, uh, God put on my heart to help women release the fear before the new year. I know it's two months left in this year, but I really need to do this. And yeah. if you know anybody who wants to, sow a seed and give me a space for free, I was so appreciated because God really wants me to do this. Um, and he was like, how many women are you trying to uh, reach out to? I said, 30. You know, it's the holiday season. I'm planning it for December. My expectations, honestly, were not that high. I was like, maybe five people might show up. My expectations were so low. <laughs> but okay. God, God surprised me and brought my uh, expectations up a bit because it is his vision, not mine. Yeah. So he was like, you know, I'll host you. Really? He's an uh, assistant principal of a school. He was like, I'll host you. I'll sow a seed into what God has placed in you. I'll give you a classroom at the school. What time do you need it? What day do you need it? Okay, you got it. That's awesome. So that's <laughs> when I knew. I was like, okay, Lord, you broke that fear off. Now I got to get to planning the agenda and getting the word out. And that was in November. So it was only 
publicized maybe three or four weeks, and 16 women, including myself, showed up. Awesome. Ready to and God showed me then that women are hungry, are thirsty, are seeking help, are seeking community, want to talk about their fears, want fears to be broken off of their life. And because of them, because of the ones who showed up, they said, Bianca, you should do this again. I said, mm-hmm. really? They're like, yeah, because in my mind, I had other topics for meetups, and I just canceled, I canceled those. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear your people. I hear your women. They want to do this again. You have to give me another idea, <laughs> and I need another space. Like, you know, yeah. I, need, I need resources. So uh, that's how Release the Fear Part 2 came about, and this time I partnered with my friend Jessica, who also helped me to self-publish my book, uh, Definitely Divine ordained relationship, and I said, you should partner with me. She she pushed me into releasing the fear before the new year. She was like, Bianca, you can do it. You can do it. And she made my graphics for the first event, and she really helped me get the word out. And I, so we partnered together for this one. That's awesome. And, she, and we used the creative arts this time to release fear. Uh, for women to release the fear. And this time, 25 to 26 women showed up, including the children that were there. That's awesome. And I was like, okay, Lord. So with that being said, even before Release the Fear Part 2 was done, I had an idea for Part 3. <laughs> and, so, and one of the women actually wrote on their survey, because I have women who give me feedback, one said, I can't wait for part three. There you go. So women, they, they want the community. They want to talk about their fears. They want tools to overcome them and are hungry and thirsty for what's going on. So um, God's vision is greater than mine. I, uh, I'm open to coming in and facilitating release the fear with any women's group, any teen girl group, shoot, I'll do it with men um, because we all need to talk about our fears and talk about how God wants us to overcome those things and what's on the other side of our fears. What, what, is, what is the greatness that we are stopping because we feel like we don't have the money to do what he's calling us to do? The people, we feel like we don't have the right relationships. We don't have space. But in hosting the Release the Fear meetups, God has come through every time. I mean every time. Up until the point a week before the first Release the Fear, one of my friends texted me like, Bianca, not sure if you have a sponsor for refreshments, but if you don't, I would love to sponsor your refreshments. And if I can talk about um, my business and what I do, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. And I had her come, and she talked about what she does and how she had to release fear to get to where she is and what she's doing, and she sponsored. I didn't put any ask out there at all, but God knew what I needed, yeah. and he sent it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. 
That's powerful. I love, I love, love, love that. So, yeah, and she was just trying to be a little bit modest and reserved about that <laughs> situation. But it's a real thing. I actually attended the last event, and Anna, I tell you, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I'll talk more about it. Was it was awesome. <laughs> it really was. Um, and creatively, I thought that that was, like, the most powerful thing, too, because um, many people don't do stuff like that, so. Kudos to you, Bianca, for releasing your fear because it's like you seeing it, like, you know, like a snowball effect. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, it's crazy. Got an avalanche of releasing the fear. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So we're just going to keep this uh, podcast show going, and I'm just going to ask you if you could share with us your favorite scriptures. So my favorite scripture is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Since mm-hmm. childhood, um, I always wanted to know what God had in store for me. And that scripture said, I have a purpose and an expectant end for you, and it's good. That's all I need. That's all I need to know. <laughs> and I just keep... And I just keep it moving, like, okay, Lord, you said you got to expect it is. You know how this is going to end, and it's going to be good. Yeah. I love that. I love, I mean, that's great. <laughs> that is great. That's awesome. Okay. So keep on sharing with us and tell us what it is that you do daily to let your light shine. Ah. The, I smile daily. And, yes, she does. <laughs> you know, my smile is a powerful weapon, and God continues to reveal to me what my smile really means, um, hence behind the confidence smile, like the name of uh, my organization, my blog, and the movement, is because when you, a smile brings out happiness and joy in others. I've had Several strangers approached me and just said, your smile is pretty. Keep smiling. And it made them happy. they like, seeing your smile just made my day. Aww. And God began to show me, like, just by you smiling, not even having to say anything if you don't, but your smile is helping people, is healing people, is healing hearts. Because sometimes we are walking around with a frown, or with the face that we don't realize that we have on because we're so focused maybe on our challenges, our problems, which we don't have. But you see the smiling face, and you're like, huh, maybe life isn't that bad. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can smile today. You know, I am breathing. You know, I do have on clothes. I did eat breakfast this morning. That, that smile is a reminder to help you be grateful and thankful for what you do have right now. So that's what I add daily is the smile. The smile, yes, I love that. And she has, like, the best smile. You guys will see it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's so good. Okay, let's keep going. So name three things that you would tell your younger self. Hmm. The first thing is you have nothing to worry about. Your life was planned before you even got here. There's no need for you to worry ever at all. Yeah. Um, that's what I would tell my younger self because 
there were several instances growing up where I was like, how am I going to get to college? And do I have to go into debt? And who mm. will I marry? And are my standards too high? And, oh, my God, you know, will I have kids? Or will, will I ever be able to do this? And when this happens, just too much unnecessary thinking mm, <laughs> and mm. stress. So that's what I would tell myself. Don't worry. Everything will work out. Um, the second piece of advice I would give to myself um, at a younger age is walk with God closely. Okay. Not just go to church, but really get to know who God is on a more intimate level um, because sometimes when you are born and raised in a church, you are around church a lot, but your relationship may not be as deep, as strong as it can be. So that's the second piece. And three, yeah. I would tell my younger self, don't waste your time. Um, with relationships that God told you not to even enter into. Well. <laughs> like, and and that goes with the, uh, the lack of confidence in knowing God's voice. Like, when I would enter in more specifically um, relationships with males who I was dating, God would say, it ain't going to last. Mm. It ain't going to last. Mm. And I knew that, but I didn't, I wasn't confident that I knew it was God speaking to me. Mm. So I would be more confident that I do hear God, that I do know his voice, and that he is always guiding me. He's always protecting me. Yeah. That's good. So, That's yeah, good. That I love that. That that reminds me of something Apostle had said um, maybe a couple weeks or months ago, and he was just reminding us that God loves the unbeliever. Like, he speaks to all of his children, always, yeah. regardless if you want to acknowledge it's him or not. He speaks. That's powerful. That's powerful. Awesome. Okay. So I am a queen, and I love me some me. Tell us why you love you some you. What makes you extraordinary? That's a, that's a powerful question. What makes me extraordinary is I made a decision to truly walk in purpose, live on purpose, with my purpose, without constraints, restraints, insecurities, and fears. And like I shared at the meetup uh, a weekend ago, there are levels to this. Once you break through a level of fear, there's something else that you need to break through. So I am excited that I continue to break through and not get stuck or feel like I'm stagnated or allow depressive thoughts and feelings to try to 
keep me in bondage, but that I have the tools that I need to break through. Yes, I love that. That is beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. And and that I'm able to walk alongside other women such as yourself and say, you know what, I see what God put in you. I'm not sure if you see it, but I see it, and I'm going to tell you about it. Aww. And then hold you accountable to it because you need to know that it's time for you to walk in your purpose. That's right. It's no more time to waste. There's no more excuses to give. It's time for you to do it and make it a priority. Okay. <laughs> She's trying to tell yeah. me something, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> make what God put in you a priority and watch the resources come. You say, well, Lord, I don't have, I don't have what I think I need, but he has already given you what you need. You have hands. You have feet. We have cell phones. We have social media. Don't tell me what you can't do with Facebook. Putting it out there what God put in you to do and telling people about it and not being ashamed or feel like you're trying to sell people something. You're giving them what God put in you because they need it. They just don't know they need it yet. Come on. That's the truth. I love it. I love it. We're going to have to talk offline, y'all. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bianca, I love you. I love you. I do. I <laughs> love you, too. This was so much fun. <laughs> we have two more things to do, so we're not quite finished yet. So No, I, I, but I still want to say this is fun. Oh, I've enjoyed it because I have enjoyed you, and I have a lot of things to say, and I'm just trying to like keep my lips zipped because <laughs> I be wanting to take the show off on another tangent sometimes, but you know, got to keep it real in. You know what I'm saying? So we can keep our listeners listening, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not turn into a two-hour live recording. So <laughs> true. Yes. And on that note, if you could share with our listeners, name like a good book and a resource or a tool that you would recommend to them. And you can use yours. A good book. Yes, I'll start with my book. It is a good resource, like no lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A Journey Through a Beautiful Mind, how I came to that title, I was like, Lord, what should I title this? He was like, A Journey Through a Beautiful Mind. I created your mind to be beautiful. Mm. And... Your spirit is beautiful. You are good. So share your beautiful mind. And my book is about my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, um, and how I can relate to other women, girls, moms, wives, single um, women. I mean, it's pretty much anything in there for a woman, talking about struggling with racism and freedom. What does freedom mean to me and uh, sexism and classism? Just really writing out those thoughts and then getting to the parts about talking about my grandmother and what she means to me and talking about broken relationships and what that did for me and talking about coming into my own and God showing me that I am no ordinary woman. Um, 
it's a poem for everybody. And then at the end of my book, there's a journal for you to write your own poetry and different prompts for you to speak your truth and share it uh, with someone and have a discussion around this, not just use this as a poetry book, say, oh, that was great poetry. But my intention is to cause a dialogue for you to think about it, for you to talk about it, and then have action behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one. Uh, another one, I would say my most recent read is The Most Important Women and the Bible. I'm reading that. I don't remember the author's names, but it's a really good book. It's highlighting 31 women from the Bible um, and talking about them in depth and giving their profiles and why they were important and what was so miraculous about them and how God used the everyday woman to bring his glory. Mm. So it is really good. It is so good. I just That's finished true. reading about Elizabeth and how Elizabeth hid for the first five months of her pregnancy, and they were like, you know, was she ashamed that she was pregnant in her old age, or was she um, not well a little bit in the early stages of her pregnancy? But when her cousin Mary, who was carrying Jesus, came to see her, that's when she came out because she was carrying John who preceded, who came before Jesus. Mm-hmm. So just learning different um, aspects of the women we may hear about every day, like Mary, Ruth, um, and seeing different sides of them, and even women that aren't spoken about a lot. So those wow. are my two resources. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so good. So, so good. Awesome. Okay, so we do this thing every episode I do. It's called 10 Seconds of Motivation. So I'm going to put 10 seconds on the clock. You get 10 seconds to inspire, encourage, and enlighten, and share whatever it is that comes to your mind. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. Well, in three, two, one. Ladies, queens, God created you a masterpiece. So you no longer have to walk around like a broken record. Awesome. That was like eight seconds. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So if you could share with our listeners some contact information, how they can reach you, um, how they can find out more events about more events in the future and uh, connect with you. Awesome. So ladies, you can subscribe um, for my newsletter, which has all the events and blog posts and just encouragement at my website, BehindTheConfidenceSmile.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook on my like pages, Behind the Confidence Smile, where I post encouragement on a regular basis, and about upcoming events as well. So website, BehindTheConfidenceMail.com. You can subscribe there and like me and follow on Instagram and Facebook. Fantastic. And tell us one more time what the Instagram is. Behind the Confidence Mail. 
Oh, perfect. Everything behind the confidence now. Fantastic. Yes. Well, all right, ladies, Bianca, I had a pleasure. Like, it was a great pleasure to be able to interview you today. Um, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and, like, talking about the past five years of your life and what God did with you and in you and to you while you were in Kenya and how it's, like, you know, trans transcended to what it is that he's doing in and through you today. And I'm just excited to continue seeing your journey unfold in the Lord and all the lives that you're going to touch. So thank you once again. Thank you so much. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share what God is doing in me and through me. So thank you. And thank you all for listening. Share, share, share. Awesome. Jasmine's doing an awesome job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, all right, Queens. Until next time. Thank you for listening, Queens. Were you encouraged by today's episode? Are you ready to live? Is it time to press reset on your life? If so, visit aplaceforqueens.net to find out more about our guests and resources mentioned on the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And remember, you are not alone. On that note, let's end with the jam session. chances. And when I get to 9.99, I get to press reset. I love, I love, it, I love. I love you, queens.